Welcome to Turning Point Leadership Podcast with your host, Ron Harvey of Global Core Strategies and Consulting. Ron's delighted you joined us and excited to discuss and help you navigate your journey towards becoming an effective leader. During this podcast, Ron will share his core belief that effective leadership is one of the key drivers towards change. So together, let's grow as leaders. Here's Ron Harvey. Good morning, good morning. This is Ron Harvey. I'm the Vice President and the Chief Operating Officer of Global Course Strategies and Consulting. And I'm coming to you once again with Turning Point Leadership Podcast, where it's all about moving from success to significance. And I am really honored today to have a good friend of mine and a colleague that I truly enjoy working with and having fun and having conversations with. Phenomenal person. And you're going to be excited about what she brings to the table today. So I want to welcome Dr. Rabina Malik, who's the principal of Malik Global Solutions. Dr. Malik, it's an honor to have you here. Thank you for joining me this morning. Ron, the honor is mine. Thank you for having me and inviting me. Yes, yes. So, Dr. Malik, this is a different time schedule for you. So you're not here in the U.S. So would you share with the audience, where are you, where are you located at now? So they know that how invested and dedicated you are to adding value to people. <laughs> so right now I'm in, uh, I'm actually in, in Dubai. And yeah, I mean, it's what, I don't know, four o'clock, quarter to four here in the evening. So, but you know, when, when you're a leader, you have followers. That also means when you call, people say, okay, what time? <laughs> yeah. so I feel like, you know, like you asked and you now put aside whatever I needed to put aside to actually be here with you today. Yes, yes. And what what an honor it is. I've been I've been knowing you for several years and and truly enjoy the relationship and the friendship and the support that we give each other. And you're right, when you're in a leadership role, you know, just different things that's required of you that you find a way to get it done. As we think about leadership, companies are, are looking for leaders who can do a couple of things. One is navigate change, which is huge for them, gains people's trust, which is another thing that's a challenge for us as we look at leadership, and motivate people to do their best work. All three of those, as we look at today's world, with change happening like consistently, as we go into the podcast and when we start thinking about those things, one of the questions I'd like to hear from leaders such as yourself is, how would you actually explain your leadership style? Thanks for asking, Ron. And, you know, I can go into that whole, all these theories and all these different leadership styles and being that, I mean, I've, you know, I mean, I, as a scholar, I mean, I've studied them, studied them as well as, you know, really look and see where do I fit into that. And when I look at the different styles, you know, like I know I'm not a transactional leader. I am a transformational leader. I am a charismatic leader. But who am I really? And how I like to describe myself is a authentic, charismatic leader. And what I mean by that is I'm going to say what there is to say, and I'm going to be charismatic and transformational around that. And what I mean by that is I'm looking out for the person that's in front of me, that I'm impacting, that I'm leading, as well as the fact that I'm going to be authentic. Hey, this is what's so. I'm not going to hide it. Of course, being responsible, right? So really, like for me, being an authentic, charismatic leader means you're responsible, means that you're looking out for the person that the people that you're leading and those people behind you in front of you and on the side of you, as well as the fact that, you know, those individuals feel like they can come to you because you are authentic, that you do share and you are vulnerable, that they realize, you know what, this leader is my leader, our leader, this leader is really just like me, except 
she has worked her way to that position. So that's the way I like to describe myself. Yes. Yeah, really good information. A lot of a lot of points when you when you think of what the podcast is around, turning point leadership and, and being able to make the shift, you know, so you and I started, you know, most people do, Dr. Malik, is when you first start off in your career, you get out of college or you head to college, most of us work towards what's important to us, our degree, our promotion, our pay raises. Then there becomes this point in life where you begin to do something different as a leader, which makes it about taking care of people. When did you notice a shift happened for you where you started investing in people more because you've achieved what you wanted to achieve? I know you're a doctor now, you're, you're a scholar now, you've done phenomenal things now, you know, so kudos to you. But when did you start shifting and taking care of other people? So, my, you know, I, I think, Ron, you know this, you know, my mom passed away recently. And then, you know, when your parents, I'm an adult orphan, I've lost both of my parents. And for me now, like I look back and I'm like, oh my God, and, you know, my father said that or my mother said that. And, you know, for us individually, like our parents are, you know, the first, if you want to say role models or leaders that we see how they handle themselves and how we handle ourselves. And when I think about my own leadership and the level of empathy and compassion I bring as a authentic, charismatic leader, what I would say that brought about for me about taking care of the individual was my mother. Mm. I mean, I, my whole life, I've watched my mother support others in need and and it, and it's not to forgo herself but to really support those in her community that need and if she has more that she was just willing to share and as well as stories that I've heard about my own grandfather as well her father you know back in the day when they were younger and they would hurry up and eat because if the door rang and it was someone saying, look, I don't, my family doesn't have enough food, you know, do you have any food to spare? And my grandfather would literally take what, whatever they had left for dinner and, you know, give it away. And for me, that's where I've picked up taking care of others. So I've kind of done my, I feel like I've kind of done my life backwards where I, I you know, like I worked in corporate America, then I worked in a nonprofit and now I'm, I'm in academia. And not to knock academia, but you can say working for another nonprofit. (laughs) So it was with that transition for me working in that nonprofit in mid career, it was like early in my career, had really changed and transformed my life and realized that who I am, yes, is someone that wants to climb the corporate ladder. Ron, I gave up my corporate life to go work for nonprofit and now, you know, working in academia. And for me, the picture was bigger than me. It was those individuals out there that I could impact because when I look back, it was people who made an impact for me. It was people that made an impact for my father. Then as they made that impact on my father, it impacted my life because I wouldn't be here if that individual hadn't impacted him. So for me, taking care of others, I realized that at an early age and then as a professional realized that in my early, early career, and made sure that I always put people first. And as I put people first, guess what? I always got taken care of as a leader too. I think sometimes people are like, what about me? Who's going to take care of me? Well, you know what? If you take care of others, you automatically get taken care of. Yeah, and I think that's important for leaders that, that are looking at the turning point and that's looking at elevating is leadership is about serving other people and it's not about self-service. So thank you for dropping that nugget, Dr. Malik, is Take care of other people. If you're thinking of turning point leadership and you really want to be effective, take care of people. 
because that's what lasts a lot longer than, than your degrees or, or a lot longer than the money or your position. So take care of people. So is there anything that you wish you had been told as a leader when you were, when you were coming up or climbing the ladder? What, what is something you wish you had told that you want to share with the audience now? As a daughter of a successful immigrant and, you know, my dad had to learn the quote unquote, the ropes being here in the U.S., and, you know, my mother was a housewife. So for me, it was going into the workforce when I saw leaders and when I saw role models, right? Like I saw women who uh, looked like that didn't look like me, but were women gender wise. They were like me, but they, you know, that like there were examples for me. And if I were to go back and one of the leaders that really had a huge impact on me was Donna. She was a senior vice president in one of the positions that I was in and like in a, in a male dominated area. And just to watch how she handled herself, carried herself. For me, I wished as at an early age that I understood the, the level, what does it mean to be an executive presence, yeah. right? So, and, and not that I was ever, I mean, you know, my friends would tell you, but she always had these blue suits and white shirts and, you know, I, I had all of that, but the level of executive presence that I needed at another level to, to create credibility as a woman leader, I had, I wished I had had that, you know, early in my career and as well as to be able to discern how to play and navigate with other leaders. I feel like if I had known that, I might have been a little bit more, you know, maybe I've grown a little bit more in my career. And you know what? I'm able to, I learned over time and I can then now teach my mentees that, but I've been very fortunate to have a lot of mentors now who still guide me, who still, you know, are role models for me. And these mentors are, you know, vested in my best interests. And it was, and I've had them since I was young, like I'm like mentors, right? So I'm just really, you know, honored to to be that. But that is, those are the two things that I would say that I wish that I had understood. So that's um, how to navigate the political silos of of the organization or your career, as well as how to navigate when it comes to executive presence. Executive presence isn't just the look, you know, the the presence. It's it's all of it, and I wish maybe if I had gotten that, it, I would have been in a different place. But of course, I love how my career went, so I'm not gonna say it hindered me or not. Yes, yeah, and I think that's important for leaders to understand. There, executive presence and how to navigate this space is super important. How to how to play well and understand what's happening that's not being said. So, executive presence, how to navigate this space, and the other phenomenal thing is is when you see executive leaders at your level, hearing to always have a mentor is super important, you know, because someone has to help us learn it. And you want to find someone that you can trust that, that you can make mistakes around that'll help develop you versus try to chastise or destroy you. So having a mentor is super important. So if you're listening to us today, it's super important for you to decide who you're going to have and have more than one mentor that may be in different areas of your life. And it can be personal or professional or, or spiritual, but have someone that you can go that can help you grow and develop. So we're looking at it, Dr. Malik, and you think of the leaders of today, especially women leaders, and not just women leaders, but, but I can't answer this question. And from your perspective, what do you think of some of the qualities if they're different? I think all leaders ought to have them, 
But when it comes to a woman at your level, what are some of the qualities that you think female leaders should have today? I think what female leaders have today is, I think, a lot more compassion and empathy. And that's on the positive sides. And Ron, I'm just going to tell one on the woman leaders as well as the positive. But I think one of the negatives is that, you know, having that queen bee syndrome, as you know, I've, you know, I have publications around career sponsorship and the difference between mentoring and career sponsorship. And and as you know, you know, like I'm writing a book around mentoring as well. You know, when I look at that, I think women leaders, not only of today, not only have, you know, empathy and compassion, but I think on the other side is, is that, that queen bee syndrome that, oh, what if I do this, then I'm not going to have the opportunity. And no, we have the opportunity because as we progress, we're going to bring others along with us. And I think that's something that we really need to work on as wo- as women leaders, as well as the fact that, you know, compassion, empathy, all of that makes us great leaders. Let's take that into the next level of being allies for our other women to be where we are and know that there's no scarcity. We don't have to be crabs in a bucket. Yes. It's that, that mentality. Yeah, that's important because when you when you when you talk about it, Dr. Malik, and, and you say in your career, when you look at your sponsors, did you get more male sponsors that supported you and advocated for you, or did you find yourself with more female sponsors that advocated and sponsored you? Male, you know, I would say male mm-hmm. in my career. Yeah, male, yeah. and I would say a little bit of both, but uh, definitely male. But remember now, Ron, we have to step back and understand. There weren't that many females to advocate. Yes, yes. And that's not happening until now. You know, there's more, there might be more females. And I can't say to you that they're advocating more for me because they're females, because that's definitely not true in my case and other, you know, other cases as well. But like, yes, the males definitely advocated for me. And, and I felt like I was looked at for what I brought to the table, not just because I was a female and I was a woman of color, and I could tick off two boxes. Yes. But like really saw the contribution that I could make, you know, as a leader and saw me outside of the things that may not work, but then really saw the potential and the, the skills that I do have. Yeah. So, so when you look back over, over your leadership professional career and, and you're listening, the people that are listening want to get to your level, what advice would you give a, a young female? Rubina today, Dr. Malik, what advice would you give the younger version of you? So there's a couple of things that I, that I, <laughs> that I would say. <laughs> One, that I'm laughing, right? Because I, I'm, I'm always like, you know, sometimes the young girls ask me like, oh, what would you tell me? And this is a little vain. Yes. And I would just say that. It's like, one, start taking, take care of your health when you're young. And yes. I'm very fortunate, knock on wood, you know, I'm healthy. For me, I feel like if I had created good habits, not ate like a large pizza by myself in my 20s, <laughs> by myself there, you know, <laughs> the optimal word there is by myself, <laughs> that today, or, you know, maybe as I progressed, like I, I, I would have better working out habits. I would have had better eating habits. And, and again, you know, like I said, I'm not like, I'm healthy, thank God. And I'm not, uh, as you know, you know, I'm still a petite woman. But I really wish that was one thing that was talked about is our health, like taking care of ourselves, you know, mentally and physically, 
as, as a young girl and, you know, taking care of ourselves in the future as we progress as leaders and as women. So that's one. And then two, I, I would tell the younger, my younger person is that, you know, the only person that gets in the way is you. And really being, being self-aware and then taking that self-awareness and taking actions to be able to go to that next level or being able to say, okay, this is an area that I need to go work on. And I'm very fortunate there as well. Like, I mean, I'm in my early 20s. Oh, well, I forgot. I'm only 29 and a half. But, <laughs> <laughs> but in my early 20s, mid-20s, I would say in my mid-20s, you know, I did have that opportunity for self-awareness and had the opportunity to, you know, to do some personal growth work. And what would it have been like? I sometimes think, what would it have been like if I knew that earlier? Like maybe when I was 23. And I think that, you know, creating self-awareness and understanding ourselves really supports our growth, you know, as we as we go up. Yeah, yeah. And those are huge for for people that are listening, you know, the health piece. I think we we didn't do a great job and people are now more concerned and paying attention to health. So please take care of yourself and be self-aware. Where are you? Be honest with yourself. You know, so self-awareness is huge as a leader. So Dr. Ballack, I know you're you're writing a new book and you're doing a, a lot of great things. What's the title of the book that you're working on? Can you share that? Yes, of course. Top secret information. <laughs> your listeners will know. Okay, nobody else can know. And so, Ron, one of the things that I have been fortunate, and you know, when you were asking me about my leadership, and one of the things that I'm very fortunate about is the fact that I've had a lot of people impact and influence me over the years. And what do we call them? What we call them, Ron, is we call them mentors. Right. And so I've had the opportunity to have so many mentors in my life. I want to take those learnings and put them in a book. So I'm going to be sharing the learnings, the theoretical aspects of of mentoring. I want to give tips and tools of the trade to how other individuals can, you know, make those make those programs. As well as the fact that I want to get testimonials of the impact of mentoring on women from around the world, right? And I really want to focus on the GCC and really the impact of mentoring on women here. And like I said, you know, you know, hopefully globally at some point and maybe even taking it down to at some point, you know, supporting younger people. And I say that by, you know, like I'm very so blessed as a scholar to have so many young men from Morehouse that I've been able to mentor and continue to be a mentor and by the way, I'm a grand mentor. So my mentees have had, you know, children now makes me a grand mentor. <laughs> yes. And I'm just such an honor and a privilege to be able to impact people's lives. And I want to be able to share that. So this book is about that. It's about, you know, some concepts. It's about personal experience and some tools and some tricks and trade of the trade to how can you have effective a mentoring program. Yeah, yeah. I, I love that you, you're putting in this space and I have a, my wife and I have a young daughter and, and we hope that someone, you know, we can do a lot with her, but it's going to be important for her to have someone that, that that's outside of the house that can also pour into her as a young woman. So it's great to see that we're starting to invest more into our, our women as they're coming up and let them know that they have equal space. So I'm happy to hear that you're doing it. It's super important. I wouldn't be where I am today without a mentor and a lot of them because it's easy to get lost. 
or, yeah. or, or get caught up. So I'm happy that you're doing that and super excited. So Dr. Malik, as we as we begin to, to close out, you dropped some really, really great tips for people to listen to in our time here together today. How can people reach you and how can they follow you if they want to reach out and get in contact with you? Right. Thank you. So please, if you want to reach out to me, feel free to link, get on LinkedIn with me. It's Rabina, R-U-B-I-N-A, F, my middle initial, Malik, M-A-L-I-K. Feel free to connect with me. Or you can go to my website, www.rabina, R-U-B-I-N-A, F, Malik, M-A-L-I-K, all one word, dot com. And now I'd be happy to share my wisdom. I'll be happy to talk to you about learning and development and really how to be an authentic, transformational, charismatic, responsible leader in a world that, you know, sometimes there's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think we need more people doing what you're doing on your Dr. Malik, simply because there's a lot of uncertainty and, and leaders are, are going to put a big challenge today. So, so Dr. Malik, it's been wonderful. It's been great to have you. I'm super excited that you joined me as, as a guest and accepted my invitation and doing a phenomenal job. So for everyone that's listening to us, again, this is Turning Point Leadership with my guest, Dr. Malik, and this is Ron Harvey. We're signing off today, but follow us. We'll be uh, out, continue to share about Turning Point Leadership, going from success to significance. Again, thank you, everybody. Thanks for joining us. And we hope that you have a wonderful day and we'll see you on Turning Point Leadership Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Turning Point Leadership with your host, Ron Harvey. We're so glad you joined us. Remember to join us every first and third Mondays and expect to receive real answers for real leadership challenges. Until next time, make a difference where you are and with what you have. There are those who are counting on you for effective leadership. <music>